live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. Every book starts with a preface. It's that part at the front where it kind of sets stuff up. So let's read my preface. I was born nine and 11 years after my brother and sister. I arrived probably unexpectedly and certainly as a surprise. I've often said that if I'd been conceived after Roe v. Wade, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, so from the get-go, I was sort of in the way. And I learned early on that the way to make up for being in the way was to be useful. One of my father's favorite phrases was, son, while you're resting, shuck some corn. And I took that to heart. And the quest for usefulness has always been sort of a driver for me. So that's the preface, the story. In 2008, when I shipped out for two years of Peace Corps service in Ukraine, I had two goals. Actually, it's maybe better to say I had a goal, and I had this sort of bright light of a dream. The dream was that I could apply there my experience and skill as a mediator. I'd been mediating at that point for about 15 years, uh, never for money, always as a volunteer. Um, I was the third person between people in all sorts of conflicts, all the way from your dog pooped in my yard to landlord, endless landlord-tenant um, assault cases in city court all the way up to these kind of gigundo multi-party zoning fights. And always as that third person in the room, I felt incredibly useful, catalytic, sometimes necessary. It seemed that I was occasionally able to change the world. Yeah. This was in stark contrast to my day job. My day job was with a trade association, and over the years, somehow the cutting edge had sort of dulled, and I had settled into a velvet rut. Now, you may wonder how it is that a sort of early 60s guy can just sort of jump out of the velvet rut and go away and work for free for two years, because they don't pay you when you're doing the Peace Corps. And that connects to my goal in Peace Corps service. In 2007, my wife died. Um, not sudden, but quick enough to be disorienting. I talked to a lot of returned Peace Corps volunteers, and I knew that though you're quite busy as a volunteer, you also have a lot of downtime, time to think. This was possible. Um, my, my, this was possible because of an amazing discovery after my wife's death. We had married late. Um, it was actually sort of a polygamous thing because we were both already married to our jobs, um, and sort of out of force of habit, we continued to manage our finances separately. And I knew she was the queen of thrift. But I didn't know the level of her royalty until she died, and I had to sort it all out. And I discovered that 
I didn't need to work for money anymore. So my departure from the Velvet Rut was enabled, and it was also necessary. So I got to Ukraine, and that bright dream of mediation sort of flickered out. Um, Peace Corps does an incredible job of teaching language. But mediation is all about the subtlety and the nuance of language, and I just didn't have the language. But there was more. At that point, Ukraine had been independent for about 20 years. That's the Soviet Union broke in 1991. But as I often said, the Soviet system is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it brought with it this iron hierarchy that bent for nothing. And deep in the culture, there was a sense that all transactions are zero sum. You've got it all, or I've got it all. Both of these pretty much don't work with mediation. So that faded away. But the goal was still there. And, and, and there, in the half light of my Sovietsky apartment, I did what we've all done when we've been lost, because that's what I was. When you're lost on the trail, what you do is you go back to the last place where you knew where you were, and you run the trail again. And in my mind, I went back to that job in the Velvet Rut. It was a road job. I wasn't a real road warrior. I mean, I was only out 90 or 100 nights a year. Traveled all over the country um, to incredibly obscure places. Uh, who knew that there is a Bunker Hill, Kansas? Who knew there was a hill in Kansas? I've been there. <laughs> or Austin, Minnesota. The Mother Church of Spam. They have a Spam Museum. Next time you're in Austin, check it out. Amazing places. I traveled always alone, and so that meant that I usually ended up at the end in a restaurant, at the end of the bar, or in the table by the kitchen door. And from that particular perspective, I began to notice some people, and the guys, they were all guys, who turned up every once in a while in restaurants. These were the maintenance techs who came to fix stuff in the kitchen or behind the bar that was busted. Talk about useful. Talk about necessary. I mean, if it's 11 o'clock and you've got a cold pizza oven and here comes the lunch rush, you're pretty glad to see that guy. It's made quite an impression on me, but, but there was more. When I watched them work, I realized that they were mostly working with electricity and plumbing, two skills that I had. Built one house, remodeled a couple, almost never had an electrician or a plumber in my house. I knew how to do that stuff. Now, there was the, this refrigeration piece that I didn't understand, but I thought I could get that. And so just sitting there and thinking about this, I thought, that's a way to be useful. Those guys are necessary. So I started mousing around. I had internet. And I found out that if you want to learn re refrigeration, one of the best places to do it is at Portland Community College. So. When I came back to the States, I settled in Portland, and I signed up as a refrigeration student at Portland Community College. 
The teachers all were from the field. They had worked in the field. They'd done the work. And uh, this guy named Charlie taught the mechanical refrigeration class. It, it meets in a room that's even bigger than the footprint of this. And, and all around, well, in one corner there's a walk-in freezer, in the other corner there's a walk-in cooler. And all the way around the room, there are all these refrigeration machines, and the teachers break them. <laughs> and your job as a student is to fix them. This was where I was seduced by ice machines. <laughs> I'm not talking about that wimpy little thing in your fridge at home that makes that milky, cloudy ice. No, no, no. I'm talking about the commercial machines that make those cubes that are as clear as glass. These things, they're like a living organism. And, and, and you hook up your test gauges to them, and you can watch the heart beat. And you can see the machine breathe, and you can tell when it's sick because the teacher's messed it up. And you tweak something, or you just change one part, and the machine comes back to life, and it starts pumping out 600 pounds of crystal clear ice a day. This is amazing. Yeah. But I started to learn other things, too. Charlie, the teacher in that classroom, he, he never, Charlie never moved very fast in class, even when we were making mistakes. And I would always stay after class and help the teachers clean up, you know, the teacher's pet thing. And so one day I said, so Charlie, um, you used to work in the field. What, what happened? And he pointed to one of these big double-sided refrigerators that was back in the corner. And he said, you see that box over there? I said, yeah. He said, we were putting one in on an install second floor. I was on the stair landing. It got away from the riggers. And I was between it and the wall. Crushed my back. I spent six months in the hospital. Couldn't work after that. Now, I was sort of ready for like an occasionally crushed finger, you know, or a sore back or something like that. I wasn't ready for a crushed back. And then there was this other teacher. Had two fingers on his right hand because he left the other three on the floor at a job. I hadn't considered. I wanted to be useful, but I hadn't considered the kind of contributions I was going to have to make to do that. And there was more. As the year wore on, some of my fellow students got on part-time or helper with some of the companies in town, the Commercial Refrigeration or Royal or Roses, some of the others, the people that the places that I really wanted to work. And at breaks, we talk about, you know, like, what's it like? And here's what I learned. Yeah, troubleshooting, you do some of that. But think about what the day is like. You get up in the morning, and there's a cold pizza oven in Vancouver. So you go up there, and you tweak it. It doesn't take very long. And then you check your phone, and oh, well, there's a hot ice machine down in Woodburn. So you go down to Woodburn, and you crack open the ice machine, and it needs a part. So you get back in your truck, and you buy it to Portland. You pick up the part, and you go back to Woodland, Woodburn, and you put it in. And, and then there's a stuck soda dispenser over in Malala. So you drive over there, and it's going to take you about 10 minutes to fix it, but it takes you 45 minutes to get there because of the time of day. Job is driving. I traveled a lot. I didn't want any more of that. So I finished. I've got the cards. I can buy refrigerants. That stuff that punches a hole in the ozone layer, I can do it. <laughs> but I decided that's not it. So 
backtrack again. This time I didn't just stop at the trailhead, I went all the way to the parking lot, trying to figure out what the path was. And there was mediation. That was where I knew where I was. That was where I was useful. So I kind of dusted off my credentials and I went and talked to them at Multnomah County Small Claims Court, got on the roster. Went up to Vancouver, got on with community mediation services up there doing community cases and some small claim stuff. Got on with the Oregon Foreclosure Avoidance Program, helping people kind of work it out with their banks so they can maybe stay in their house. I feel really useful on that third person in the room, the catalyst that helps people find their answers. So let me leave you with this. If your refrigerator is busted, don't call me. I don't want to drive to your house. <laughs> but if you've got a conflict with your neighbor, call me. I want to be useful.